This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. This Go Camp Pro podcast is sponsored in part by Camp Gig. Camp Gig is more than just a job board. Camp Gig is designed to be the most useful matching and search tool for camps and camp staff. Camps can sign up today to scan and search through Camp Gig's vast selection of candidates. If you've ever wanted an easy button for finding your next great camp staff, then head over to campgig.com and set up your camp's profile today. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. We have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the, most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their campers, to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the best of their ability, and to learn along the way. A well-thought-out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine, and we need to help each other bring out our very best. As we get started today, I want to introduce our hosts. So Beth, will you start us off? Absolutely. I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. And I was a camp director and executive director for 15 years in Ontario, Canada. And I am now a consultant. And of course, my passion is intentional leadership training. Great. And Gabrielle. Hi, my name is uh, Gabrielle Rail. I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Warrow. And Camp Warrow is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains of Quebec, Canada. And we focus on creating a positive female environment for our campers and our staff members. Um, and we do that in French and in English. Right on. And my name is Ruby Compton, and I'm the Chief Exploration Officer for Ruby Outdoors. I am essentially a freelance camp director and camp professional uh, working in Western North Carolina, but I work with camps all over the world and uh, excited to be back with these awesome ladies. We were all together for a lot of November, <laughs> and, and it's been a few weeks since we've chatted, so we're excited to be back together again. Today's topic is best practices for continuing education for your return staff. And Beth is going to tell us a little bit more about why we chose this topic today. Well, as we all know, we are a growth mindset community. And as camp people, we know the value of learning, of trying, possibly failing, and trying again. And of course, we know the importance of caring for our people. And if we're really smart camp professionals, we also know the value in caring for our staff, supporting them throughout the year, and being there to offer them opportunities to learn and to grow. And we all know that staff who feel appreciated and supported will be our best investment. So we wanna give some ideas today on ways we can do that throughout the year. Right on. So we're gonna just jump right into the discussion today. So again, our question for today is how do we uh, continue to offer education to our return staff and invest in them throughout the year and throughout their time working with us? So Beth, can we start with you today? Yes, please. Um, so I was talking with another camp director this week and we were talking about continuing ed and they said, do you think camp staff really want that through the year? And um, so, I, so I thought, oh, that's a really good question. So I was sitting there thinking about it um, and I think that all things point to the fact that they certainly do. So I read an article recently that states that lack of growth opportunities is one of the key reasons for employee turnover. 
and that 87% of millennials who were surveyed say professional development is very important to their job. I know that we're hiring a lot of people younger than millennials now, but I can't imagine that that would be any different. Like everything else we do as camp professionals, being intentional with continuing education is extra work. So why would we throw it into our lives? So I want us to take like 30 seconds and think about the, the benefits of that to, um, to ourselves, to the employers. So if we do continuing education throughout the year, we would get a highly skilled and educated staff. And of course, we know that really skilled employees bring new ideas and creativity to the job. Continuing training is a way to retain your happy employees. And camps that invest in the skills development of their staff members generally have a better chance of retaining them and improving morale and job satisfaction. And happy camp staff are loyal and this will be totally evident in their productivity. And what I also think it does is it helps us to identify future leaders. So the staff who are interested in improving their skills and continuing with their education are often the ones who are perfect candidates for future leader roles and positions at camp. And of course, the benefits for staff is that it improves their chances of promotion and maybe even a higher salary, not necessarily at camp, but in their future careers after camp. Um, it can help them obtain the required skills and knowledge that they may need when facing any of the challenges that they come across working at camp or again in a future job. And it's a perfect way for them to kind of follow some personal interests and sort of seek things out and see what interests them and what they're good at or what they'd like to learn more about. And of course, doing all those kinds of things can enhance a person's self-image and have a positive effect on their life. So all these reasons point to the fact that this is something we should really be putting some energy into. And for me, the first step is to make training a really high priority at all levels of the organization. And then for your staff to be aware of all the opportunities and your intentional effort to make them available to them. The best people-focused organizations spend time trying to understand what staff members need. So an idea that I had was why not poll staff throughout the winter with a short survey and ask them, uh, what they want to learn because oftentimes there's a disconnect between what the staff want and what we think they might want. So for example, if you did a survey and your survey showed that um, a number of your staff want to improve their public speaking skills or speaking in front of a crowd or teaching, then you could um, organize a day for everyone who wanted to participate to share a presentation on the subject of their choice and then have them video their performance. And afterwards, either online or at camp, you could gather a group of leadership team members or alumni to review the videos um, and then have one member of that leadership team or an alumnus or a board member sit down with each staff member and provide that kind of feedback. So just one way to kind of um, find out what it is they're interested in learning and see how you can answer those calls. Um, it's called professional development, but for me, you're much better off if you're thinking about it being personal. So when it comes to encouraging staff to care about their own professional development, there is no substitute for ensuring that they understand that learning is relevant to them in the moment. So every staff member in your organization will always feel as though they're at their own unique place in their own development, even if you have staff with similar job functions, 
um, they might still have different skills and different long-term career goals. So the truth is that you're never going to really know what their goals are unless you ask them. And you'll never truly be able to support their professional development unless your training is aligned with those goals. So survey them, see what they're interested in learning, and of course, maybe teaching as well. And then build your year-round continuing ed around their answers and use those staff members who have the ability to teach really valuable and or interesting things. The other thing I would do with that is build a knowledge base of materials for staff who want to improve or learn skills. So right now, start, you know, collecting um, TED Talks, YouTube videos, articles, exercises or lessons from other professionals. Um, categorize them and keep them available online so that interested staff members can look up the topics that they need to work on or that they want to learn more about, and they can go through them at their own pace through the year. Another thing you could do with that would be to maybe start a book club for staff or choose a book a month or two in a school year, whatever timing you like, to discuss topics um, on things like um, maybe dealing with anxiety or self-esteem or how to deal with bullying, all that kind of stuff. You don't have to have all your staff in the same city or even in the same country. Uh, of course, you can use things like Zoom or Skype or any other social media platform that allows you to connect. And then these times together you can have focused discussions that are really valuable learning vehicles to offer staff who might want to get better at their job, add things to their resume, or just simply grow as a person. Those really visionary organizations acknowledge the benefit that camp staff have to offer to the professional development of other people and empower them to support one another. So you could do journaling challenges or sharing questions and answers or best practices with one another. And through all this, staff can support their own development as well as that of their teammates. So enabling employees to share what they know and what they're learning with one another is that kind of social learning that's really invaluable. We all know this, we're camp people, and we live it every day. But all of these little intentional things show our staff that our camp has a culture that values training and improving in both hard and soft skills. So that's where I'd start. Right on. Book club was on my list too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, mine was, it says book club and pizza, but yes. Can, <laughs> Feeding them is always a good idea. If you're yeah. going to do it in person. But yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gabrielle, when we mentioned this topic, uh, you said, I love continuing education. So what, what tips and ideas do you have to share? Yeah, I, I do. I do love um, continuing education. I think it's a great way to get staff buy-in, as, um, as you both mentioned at the beginning. And I really, really like, Beth, what you're talking about, um, making it personal. And um, when it comes to continuing education, for me, that's, that's, that's primarily the, the main piece that we're, that we're looking at. Um, and I'm also looking at things that they can can do with it uh, almost immediately afterwards. And I think with 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 schoolwork, a lot of the times, what we're doing is students are writing papers. It gets given to the to the teacher, and then there's nothing that comes out of comes out of it. So actually, having on the job experience is is it can be very rewarding. So for example, teaching staff members how to uh, conduct an interview, and so what I have is I have staff members listen in on interviews, and then um, they they can conduct interviews, but they don't actually do interviews. What they do is a welcome chat. So because a lot of camps are having a hard time retaining staff members, one of the things that we implemented a handful of years ago are welcome chats. After we've hired somebody, we have a, a returning staff member contact a new staff member and, 
and they can answer any questions um, that that staff member might have um, and invite them in on the team. And of course, what that does is it shows that, um, uh, you know, creates connections between returning and new. It creates a stronger buy-in for that returning staff members because they're seeing all the cool people that, that we are hiring. And for that new staff member, we've heard a lot of new staff members said once they did that welcoming check, they felt like they couldn't back out because they had made a friend, um, which, which is, is so valuable. But for our returning staff members that learned how to do this, um, they put on their, on their resume, um, you know, uh, uh, interviews, they put on their resume, you know, X, Y, and Z, what we've learned. And that's something that they find to be very, very valuable. Um, another thing that I, I love doing are um, uh, think tanks. So teaching, problem solving with staff members, how we can improve camp, but then training them on how do you implement these, uh, these projects. So um, in, in our think tanks, we, we brainstorm some, one or two things that will brainstorm a whole bunch of things. And then we divide up into one or two things that we'd like to improve. And then with that improvement, they know they're getting training on, uh, on assessing a situation, on assessing our clientele, what kind of information do we need to provide to our families if we're changing something that's cultural at our camp. Um, and, and then there's a, there's a whole process to it. And what they, of course, in that, in that again, is there, there's a higher buy-in, but they're also learning how to, to do those things. And they're learning the behind the scenes that when they come to camp, um, we can't just change things willy-nilly. We can't just you know, do this and this way. There's a, there's a why to everything. And we're really teaching them uh, about, about the why. Um, and uh, and so anyway, so for me, those are two things that that we try to do is is uh, is think think tanks and uh, providing staff members with an opportunity of learning how to do an interview. But it's a, more of a welcome chat. But it's uh, skills skills that they learn and really appreciate um, afterwards. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to build on actually both of those things that you just said. So one, um, I think teaching staff to interview, I'm going to flip it and say, you know, can you have a second person, whether it's a, a second director or an assistant or someone, whatever is the protocol that you have, um, who's listening in on the interview. And then after that interview is over with your return staff, they have a follow-up call to talk about how that interview went and how you could do the interview better and, and this really stood out and yeah, talk about camp this way. And, you know, how about this? If you were to re-answer that question, what that, what might that sound like and offer some education there to make their interviewing skills stronger for the future at your organization or not, <laughs> wherever it may be. But I think that, I think any time that I was able to offer staff some, you know, ask these questions when you go to an interview elsewhere, um, you know, make sure you highlight these things about camp. Those were the things that staff came back to me and said, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like I got this job because I asked, do you have a formal feedback and evaluation process? And they were super right. impressed, right? <laughs> so, um, so I think that'd be a really interesting way to also add a piece to the return staff interview uh, because I, you know, we want the return staff to interview again. I, I would say a lot of camps that is the practice so that folks don't feel entitled and it's, it's good practice for them. But what if we're able to actually include some coaching? I think that might make them prepare for it a little more. I think it might have them see some value add to it. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be really, really valuable in a way that is like 
no more money other than like that additional person sitting on in the interview who may be doing that anyway, because that's your protocol. So um, consider that. And then this idea of seeing behind the scenes is uh, yes, 100%. So a couple of iterations that I came up with as well. Like it, I think I learned so much when I was able to work part time for my camp in the off season. Uh, so the camp that I worked at all through college and then beyond, I was a seasonal staff member, worked my way up through the ranks there. Uh, but they had groups and retreats. It was a conference center. They needed people to do ropes in the weekends. They needed people to come in the office sometimes and just like file paperwork, <laughs> you know, the mailing, oh my gosh, the sorting and like putting labels on 3000 brochures, you know, uh, and that allowed me some time with some of the staff who I hadn't really worked with much at all, but who were local folks who gave me that community, right? They were folks who went to the college that I went to or had graduated from there. Um, and that was a day camp setting. So, you know, our staff was a little more local. Um, that was really, really valuable. And I feel like, I, like Gabs was saying, I saw parts of the process where it's like when you come to camp and people are like, oh, I don't like this thing. You're like, well, but actually there's all these pieces that go into that. Um, so if there's an opportunity for offering part-time work or, you know, even a volunteer day to come and like help out at camp for the day, I think sometimes just seeing some of that behind the scenes stuff is, is really valuable. Um, and, and it will often allow you the time to dive into some stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to necessarily dive into. Like you may not have the time during camp to show a staff member, this is how the plumbing works in this building. Like I just need to fix the leak. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the off season, you might have time to go crawl under and like really show someone that. So consider that. Uh, I also think about one of my most favorite special program days I did <laughs> was very, very simple to orchestrate. And yet um, I, I had such a ball with it. And I think the kids did too, maybe, uh, is we did a camp director for the day program uh, that like the kids could sign up for. And we got them all clipboards and pins and whistles and, you know, like walked around and kind of talked about what camp directors do, and they all got to take a, a picture uh, in the office of our director's phone. Like, it was just ridiculous. But anyway, and as the day progressed, one of the tasks we set out for them was um, putting all, they had to go through all the lost and found and see if they could find any lost and found items that had names in them and then deliver them, like figure out a way for like sorting it and then delivering it to the cabins and making it really clear who, what belonged to who so that those kids would take that stuff home. And like just that initiative in and of itself was an interesting exploration of group development. And these were like, just to be clear, these were like fifth through ninth graders or so. So kind of like middle school, early high school. Um, and I think, but I do think like the staff gained something from that too. And I, I think back to when I was in elementary school, that that was um, one of the auction items at my school was the be the camp director for the day and that or be the principal for the day. And usually that meant like we all got pizza for lunch and we didn't have to wear dress code. But there is something about being in that space. And so I wonder about is there a way to set up some sort of like camp director for the day for some of your staff uh, and what that might look like and how that could be incorporated into your program in a way that would offer some insights and some professional development be it somebody who's like, yeah, I'm going to be a camp director one day, or maybe it's somebody who's going to eventually be on the board or a parent advocate for you. Like, I think that there's some really beautiful elements of that education process that could be really cool. So if you do that at your camp, tell me how it goes, because I would love to hear more about how folks take that idea and run with it. But I think there could be some fun ways to adapt it.
That is really All right. Fun. Yeah, yeah, right? Something to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just add that on. <laughs> yeah, like you don't have it up. I tell you, that, that camp director for the day, we were like, just get the bucket of clipboards out. I'm like, all right, we're set. These kids are ready to go. I'm going to go play now. Um, Beth, do you have some more ideas for us today? You have a few more. Um, we all know that organizations perform their best when their people are in a growth state. And a dynamic camp attracts and retains youth development professionals committed to developing themselves and their future careers. And of course, like everything else in Camp Code, um, this is all about front loading. So we need to build a culture of learning from day one with our people. And while some content at staff training will need to be the same for everybody, we can always strive to identify ways to respect individuals' unique experiences, attitudes, and skill set. And the off season is the perfect time for that. So um, we need to create with our staff during the summer and with all the postings that we do and the communication that we do with them throughout the year, the understanding that our skills are never finished, that we always keep learning and growing and experimenting. So again, we want to keep people in that growth mindset and that no one is ever not in need of learning new skills. My English professors are all rolling in their grave right now, but um, not in need of learning new skills. So when they're hired, we wanna let them know of all the op opportunities available to them and be sure that they understand that your camp values learning opportunities and not just in the summer. So a couple more ideas for me. Um, First Class Counselors is a free podcast um, it's a professional development resource for camp counselors and other frontline staff um, that is put out by Camp Hacker. And um, it's for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire them and prepare them for the upcoming summer. Great directors know that counselors have the most important job at camp and that their abilities can truly make or break a camper's experience and that they are the ones who actually hold the key to camper retention. So your leadership training is busy. We don't have to tell you that. Um, it's probably why you're listening to this podcast. Um, and so you don't have time to teach counselors every single little skill they need. So um, instead of waiting for them to figure it out on their own, First Class Counselors podcast um, gives staff some universally applicable camp skills that they can listen to and then apply to their upcoming summer. And they even have some episodes that relate to young leadership staff as well. And I was chatting the other day with Matt, or Iskis as we know him at camp, who runs that podcast. And he told me that specifically in episode 10 of First Class Counselors, they talked a whole lot about what to do when you're missing camp in the off season. And they touched on a lot of ideas surrounding professional development in the off season for counselors. And you can find that podcast wherever you get your podcast and wherever you find our it will be there as well. So any kind of podcast to me is a great learning tool. So one of the fun things that we've heard from camp directors over the years when we've been at conferences is that they will give leadership team members each a different episode of Camp Code podcast, have them listen to it, decide what they've learned from it, um, and that they can apply to their camp and then teach it during training. So podcasts uh, would be a great way to go. And it doesn't just have to be camp podcasts. There'd be all kinds of different things that they could um, learn about while they're uh, on the subway, on the bus, in their car, walking the dog, whatever it happens to be. The other thing would be an obvious thing is conferences. So these can be an incredible resource for camp people. So I would suggest that you try um, your local areas, your organizational areas, your state or provincial or national conferences. Look into ones that aren't necessarily camp conferences, but ones that do highlight skills that would be useful in the youth development profession. 
for us, when we were directing, we always put conferences as a line item in our budget every year to help our staff gain this much needed professional development. Because we found that not only are you know, most of the sessions that you go to really insightful and full of new ideas and inspiration, but for staff to just be around other camp people and learn how other people see and do things and create that network of camp colleagues is really an invaluable tool and an experience. So if you're not able to fund all of the cost for a conference, maybe you could look at paying half and having the return staff pay the other or um, take their half out of their first paycheck in the summer. There may even be grants for professional development in, within your organization or within your state or province that you could apply for. And certain conferences also offer scholarships in exchange for some volunteer work at the conference. So working on these kind of arrangements for this with your staff and being really flexible shows them that you value them and you wanna help them to continue to grow. There are lots of courses out there that can help improve hard skills. So this was another line, line item in our budget every year. Um, so obvious things would be like lifeguard, lifeguarding courses or canoe instruction or high ropes or something like that. And when most camps are unable to pay staff what they're actually worth, <laughs> um, it's a great bonus for folks to then um, receive the necessary hard skill courses that they are required to have and have them comped by their camps. And it also helps you then as a director to avoid the problem of trying to find qualified staff. So if you're hiring the right people because they are kind and enthusiastic and great with kids and in it for all the right reasons, and they understand your mission and they're on board with all of that, but they don't necessarily have all the quals on paper, then you can hire these amazingly lovely people and get them qualified. It was always a big line item for our very small not-for-profit camp, but it was totally worth it. Um, online master classes. Um, there are more and more of these offered every single day. Um, Go Camp Pro does have a list of them and they're adding new ones all the time, but there are also all kinds of master classes out there for all kinds of things. So look for ones not, again, not only in the camp community, but maybe in, out, in education or outdoor ed or psychology or balloon animal making or whatever it is, just look into it. Um, but be sure to determine ahead of time how you're going to compensate staff. Is paying for the training enough or do you also need to budget funds um, to pay for their time as well? So how does your camp want to handle this? So kind of figure that out ahead of time. Um, I would also maybe record monthly staff training sessions. So if you're worried that you don't have enough time to get everything in during your staff training period, why not record a session per month your staff can watch at their leisure? So again, you can include things like questions or journaling prompts or discussion starters. Um, if you're recording your own sessions, of course, you can make it specific to your camp's needs and ensure that everything in the video is then relevant to them. And again, I would begin creating a library of these videos and exercises that can be um, accessed by your people whenever they need a refresher, maybe even throughout the summer or when they wanna learn about something new. And if you're worried that you're not an expert in all things and really who among us is, um, why not ask another camp pro to trade sessions with you? So if you got five or six other directors and each of you record one session on a certain topic, you could all share them with all of your staffs. So you collaborate and win-win. My big thing, of course, is when you're thinking about continuing ed, don't try to do it all alone. We are one of, if not the only industry that I know of, that believes in sharing. So take full advantage of that um, and share your fair share too. 
So many good things, so many good things. And I just wanna to add to the first class counselor podcast that I was listening to an episode because I was working on a project for Go Camp Pro mm. um, and listen to the bedtime episode. And it is so good. <laughs> like, oh, I wish I'd had this information when I was a counselor, but uh, yeah, like so applicable, so very good, like tangible, take this, put it in your brain and use it when you get to camp. Um, uh, like, okay, so here was the mind blowing tip that I was just like, that's so brilliant. Why did no one ever tell me this? That uh, this, these folks had the rule that um, the kids do not go into the cabin first. Like the counselor is always the one who walks in the door, uh, at least for evening program maybe, or after evening program, maybe always. But the idea that, you know, when kids get done with evening program or showers or whatever, there's kind of this like wild, whatever, that gives the counselor an opportunity to set the tone for, okay, now we're going to walk in quietly and in control and kind of make that shift of passing through the doorway and, and being under control and transitioning into chill time or whatever it is. I was just like, that brilliant. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. And it's in the camp hacker feed for now. So look on the camp hacker podcast and you can see it mixed in in there this year. And I think, I think that to, to, to that point, I think that um, what um, Beth was talking about also uh, where some camp directors have approached us at the conferences and say that, you know, that some of their leadership team members, they've assigned you know, the podcast and et cetera, et cetera. Do that with your, also do that with your younger staff. Yes. Have them listen, have them choose which podcast they want to listen to. And then for them, take out the best practices and present it at, at meals, you know, um, every day at a meal, somebody presents their best practices from that one podcast. And, um, and I think it's also things like, they might listen to the podcast and they might disagree with some of it and have that as a topic of conversation. Why wouldn't that work for your camp? Is it just because it's different than what your camp does or is it doesn't apply to the camp culture um, and, and have a little bit of that, that deep thinking. I, I find a lot of the time our, our, our camp counselors are very um, protective of our uh, camp and nobody does it better than we do um, of course. And so giving them the freedom to say like that wouldn't work for us, but being able to defend why, um, I, it will help them with some of that critical thinking um, and deeper thinking that we want for their learning. So uh, these are all, and I can't tell you how many of my staff members when I brought them to conferences or if I asked them to look at a video and tell me what they think and how could I apply this to staff training, how many of them feel so grateful or provide them that uh, qualification, how much they feel like we're seeing them and that we're investing in them and um, it's, it's a very, very, it's a wise investment because those staff members pay, you know, back in their uh, work that summer. So I, all the stuff that you just mentioned, Beth, it's, it's always, you know, worked out so well for us. Our, our counselors are so grateful. Well, and can I add to what you said, Gabrielle, that uh, this idea of having folks listen to podcasts, also consider, is there time that you have a captive audience? So I worked for a day camp. And again, this was a this is a kid move, but it works with staff too. But I worked for a day camp that was a trip camp. Like we met at a site and then every day we went to a different place, which meant we had 30 to 45 minutes in a van every day. And so is there a book on tape or a nature podcast or something that we can put on that is not, you know, 
radio uh, <laughs> and and is educational and gets them thinking and gets them having this shared listening experience together which we have so little of these days with everybody everybody plugged into their own earbuds um, so is there an opportunity for for doing that maybe you're going between a site here or there or everybody's in vans for whatever reason during your training that could be another opportunity to introduce some of these ideas and, and introduce some of these resources that are out there all right, Gabrielle, do you have any other tips for this? Yeah, I, I, um, so maybe what uh, Beth said, I just sort of want to echo and say, huzzah, these are great, do it if you can. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about is, is a, we play an activity, um, a training activity at our camp called uh, Spotlight and Shadows. And um, Spotlight and Shadows, basically, you, you, each staff member gets a cutout of a yellow circle and a cutout of a blue circle. And the spotlight is the type of campers that they're drawn to and they, they, they feel like they can easily take care of when maybe the behavior needs a little bit of care. And shadows are the, camp, uh, the campers that they're maybe a little bit afraid of or they don't know how to handle or they're confused by. And so staff members walk around and they try to find their buddy. Uh, spotlight tries to find a shadow and saying, hey, I, you know, I could maybe help you out with this type of camper, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought maybe take it a step th further when it comes to continuing education. What if your staff members, you know, had did a mini video, no more than a minute, and s starts it off as, as a kid, I tended to be blank. So I tended to be a, a shy kid, or I, I tended to be a hyperactive kid. And then finishes it with, it was helpful for me when an adult blank. And, uh, and says, you know, some of those tips. And so get your staff to uh, create that, that one piece and it's from their own experience. So it's from their own, you, you know, there's what worked for them. And um, it doesn't mean that's gonna work for all shy kids, but you're getting some insight. And then share that, those videos with other staff members and have those staff members comment and get them to say, I never knew, or I just learned this from Ruby or, you know, so, maybe have something like that, I, I think can be such a powerful tool. Um, I could even see it as a marketing uh, campaign as well. So, mm -hmm. um, so something, something like that could be really, really neat. Um, and it's, it's sort of an extension of that uh, spotlight and uh, shadow activity. Um, also, one of our continuing um, education pieces that we do throughout the year is uh, how to run an awesome session. I've mentioned it before that there's a video on YouTube called how to run an awesome session <laughs> with Gabrielle Rail. Um, but we do a, uh, we do uh, a session in the morning that is approximately, it's an interactive session, but it's approximately in almost two hours where we break down a session and we um, and talk about how to lead an awesome session. And of course, there's some activities in the middle. If you watch the video, you'll see why there's activities in the middle. Um, and, then, and then they start working in teams on sessions for camp. And then in the afternoon, they do a rough draft run through of their session and then they get to then they have another hour to polish it up and then they do the the other um version of that of that session so it's a day-long workshop but what you're basically getting at the end of it is anywhere between two to ten to fifteen sessions already developed um you're getting staff members to get a buy-in on that information they're learning it very very well but you're getting quality sessions as well um, and there's and it's and it's it's free for them to to participate but it's also for them they see that they're going to have a leadership role and you can have your youngest staff members participate 
just make sure that the content that they're going to be presenting is something that's within their wheelhouse. Uh, and it could be anything from, you know, you know, plunging a toilet to, to whatever, but, but this has, this is a growing piece that people are really enjoying and they love it also because it really helps them with their presentations at school. Uh, so, so how to run an awesome session. You can use that video um, with, with your, with your staff, but I would plan a day and a pizza, I think was a word that I heard earlier. <laughs> pizza might, you know, might want to come into play in that as well. And I love the idea, uh, the idea of the spotlight and shadows taking it further. Um, but when they do all these videos to continue to have them in the camp library so that for years yeah. they can be accessed by people would be awesome. Just a great resource that they can go to whenever they feel the need, they know that stuff is there. Yeah. So smart. That's so smart. And, and the marketing piece too, like uh, sharing that with parents when appropriate and when you have permission and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, that's interesting too, because they may have a child, they feel like they don't understand. And then the kid goes mm -hmm. to camp and has a great time. And they're like, how, how did you do that? <laughs> and, uh, there's some cool conversations that can happen there. Um, it's a good so, way to also showcase your, yeah. your staff, just saying like this, these are, these are yeah. our staff of 2020. These are our people. Yes. yes. These are our people from 2020. And, um, you know, and this is an interesting way of, 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 you know, sometimes we put out pictures of your staff or, you know, but at putting out this little bit, these little videos as there's a countdown to camp could be really, really awesome too. But yeah. Stay tuned. We'll see it on uh, <laughs> Camp Waro's Instagram yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And what a Perfect. great way for parents to see how seriously you take yeah. dealing with kids and wanting kids to have the best experience. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great way for them to say, well, look how they've really you know, and the staff is connecting and, and working with each other to create the best camp experience. So yeah. it's just win-win all over the place. So good. So good. Cool. Well, I have just a couple other resources to throw out there. Um, again, podcasts. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, I highly, highly recommend the Radical Candor podcast. Uh, it's Kim Scott and another guy, I can't remember his name. Um, and it's about 20 episodes. Each of them are 20 minutes-ish. They're real short and sweet. Uh, I recommend this definitely for le new leaders, folks who are giving feedback, but because feedback and communication is important across all of camp, uh, I think it's important for everyone to get tuned into the Radical Candor system. And it's essentially this idea that we want to um, care and challenge, right? So when somebody's fly is down and you notice it, like the kind thing to do is to tell them, but we don't tell them in front of everybody. We just walk up to them and just say right out, like, hey, your fly's down, you need to zip it up, right? Um, and so how can we take that idea of caring deeply for one another, but also challenging them directly and doing that all the time at camp. I think it makes camp a better, healthier place when we get that stuff said. So uh, definitely check out that podcast. There's a book as well. The podcast does a nice job of making it in very digestible chunks. Um, also look into whatever is your professional camping association in your state, province, country, whatever it might be. Um, I know at least with the American Camp Association, pretty much every year they do a, a deal where if you're an accredited camp, your staff can get a free membership for the year. So they have access to materials that are online, magazine that comes. Um, there are courses that are available. Uh, maybe you purchase some courses. There are some courses that you purchase through them that um, you could offer to your staff. So definitely, I think 
I think it is smart to let folks know that pretty much any industry that you go into, there is a professional organization for that industry, right? Like that's pretty common. And so just introducing them to that culture and that world and to say that you can continue growing and learning in just about any job that you do and you need to seek out you know, that those resources. And again, when you're going and interviewing for jobs, like ask about it, ask what, what role does professional development and growth play? Um, and, you know, what kind of professional organizations do you do? Do you have? I'd, I would be really impressed if somebody came and asked me those questions as I was interviewing them for a job. Um, so take a look at that. I know for within the American Camp Association, we have EPIC, Emerging Professionals in Camp, um, and that it's kind of a grassrootsy thing. You know, you, you self-identify as EPIC and different EPIC groups do different things. Uh, but that we actually have a college here in North Carolina that has its own EPIC chapter. And we had a few of those students come to our EPIC winter retreat. And it was so great to have them there because we had people that were, you know, seasonal staff, but many of them had worked up into leadership roles, but also learning and playing and working alongside these directors who were saying like, I can't get my staff to answer their text messages, you know, and so it created some awesome opportunities for some great conversation. Um, and it's just very, very cool. So, and, and their group is actually bringing me in to come do a training with them in March. So, they, and they come to conferences together. And so consider that as an option. If that's, if you are a university student, like maybe that's something that could happen at your school. Um, or if not, maybe if you're a camp director, maybe ask your local universities, is that something they're interested in? Or if you can help facilitate, this could be another channel for hiring great people too, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a nice brand to be able to kind of gather around without a lot of limitations on you can do this, you can't do this. Um, you really can kind of take it where um, as long as you're focused on professional development and representing the brand well, like you really can take it however you want and interpret it for what works best for your organization. Uh, so I would check into that. Um, the, the other piece that I'm just going to, I'm going to throw a shout out for Isaac Brubacher because um, he did something really smart recently to get his return staff pumped up. And I, I just wish I had known about these tools when I was a camp director, which is the tool of Cameo. You can get famous people to tell your staff <laughs> important stuff. It's going to cost you something, but it's surprising how little it actually costs depending on who you're reaching out to. So if you're not familiar with Cameo, it's a website where you can find celebrities, reality stars, like all kinds of folks. You can pick the person, basically say, this is the message I want you to send um, or to say, and then pay some amount of money. It's as little as $10, $20, all the way up to much, much more, depending on the, the caliber of person and the notoriety of person. Um, but man, if I had a message I really wanted my staff to hear, I would consider having somebody who they recognize do a cameo and say it. And so Isaac did that recently with some announcements he was making with camp. And I was just like, that's stinking brilliant. So uh, consider <laughs> having, he, yeah. He got someone from the TV show, The Office, I believe. Yeah. Yes, wow. he did. Who did his announcement. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So it was not consider, Steve Carell, but it was, yeah. you know, somebody else from the show. Yeah. Basically just famous people, hashtag famous people. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on this topic before we roll on to what's next? I think we've covered everything. Yeah. That's it. You know it all now. All right. <laughs> yeah. Gabrielle, it is time for the recap. What you got for us today? Okay. We have so many, so many things. Um, and let me start here. 
why don't you just survey your staff, find out what they're interested in and make it personal, not professional, because that personal will turn into the professional uh, mm. side of things. So <laughs> alumni, get alumni to help you out, feedback, um, create a library, book club, podcast club, video club, TED Talk club, create a club and then let your staff talk about that stuff. Um, there's a new podcast, First Class Counselor, that sounds really, really awesome. You can also join Epic, journaling challenges, conferences, check in with your associations with their information, what they can give you. Teach staff how to do interviews. Get staff qualified. Uh, how to run an awesome session. There's a video on that. Collaborate with other camp directors, which I recommend highly. Online courses. And, um, and don't forget that you can just use your own staff to help with some of this training. You do not have to do it all by yourself. And the whole point of the recap is not for you to do all of these things. The whole point is for you to pick one or two things that's just going to make your life easier. And that's what we're about. We want to make your summer easier. And we hope one or two of these things can help you with that. Well done. Well done. So good. Always. Yay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how to get involved with Camp Code. You can join us using the hashtag Camp Code on your social media of choice. We'd love to hear from you what topics you'd like for us to discuss, any guests that you recommend we talk to, any great leadership training tips that you have to share with us. We'd love to hear from you because we are all about sharing in this industry. And also we ask that if you have found this podcast to be useful to please leave a rating and review for us in iTunes uh, or on your podcasting app of choice. Uh, for iTunes, you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes, or you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash campcodelove. That's all one word. Your feedback really helps keep the show going, and we may even do some shout outs for our folks that have left us reviews lately. So uh, we'd love to get you a shout out here on the show. Um, before we talk about next podcast, I want you to know how to get in touch with us. So Beth, where can people find you? at gocamp.pro. Uh, you can email me directly at best at gocamp.pro and uh, on Twitter with Topaz Faye, F-A-E. Awesome. Gabs? And you can follow me on Instagram at Gabrielle Rail. Rail has two L's at the end. And you can check out where I work at waro.com, O-U-A-R-E-A-U. -E nice. And you can email me ruby at rubyoutdoors.com. I'm on Instagram as at Ruby Outdoors, and then on Twitter is RubyLynn85. And Beth is going to tell us about our next podcast. Our next podcast, I don't think any of you are going to want to listen to. You have no need for it whatsoever, because I'm sure this never happens to you. But we're going to be talking about teaching staff how to deal with conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. So Ruby Compton, host of Camp Code, can you tell me about Ruby and your vast experience working with uh, summer camp staff and staff teams? Can you tell me about one of the best staff members that you've ever had? I had to pick just one. Yeah, just one. <sighs> okay. Uh, well, the first one that comes to mind is someone who attended an outdoor school, so had some experience with backpacking and climbing and paddling. Um, this was someone who had some experience working with kids, especially in that age range that we work with. And really understood that camp is a marathon and not a sprint. Huh. Sounds like the pretty ideal candidate. For sure. Totally was. So wouldn't it be great to have some information like that on a job board? Yeah, absolutely. Well, at Camp Gig, you can view multi-level staff profiles that help you feel like you've been friends from way back with that potential hire. It's really easy to set up and very easy to start finding the best camp staff ever. You can set up your camp's profile today and find your next great camp hire at campgig.com.
Hold on. What's that website again? Campgig.com. Right on. I'll check it out. So our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. You can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And Gabrielle has our best practice this week. So uh, my best practice comes from um, basically trying to figure out what to do with certain staff members that are very qualified, very skilled, and um, perhaps a little bit bored during your sessions uh, during the summer and you want to give them a purpose. I've given purpose projects to people in the past. The projects were perhaps a little bit too big and those projects never worked out very, very well. So this is a project that I find is a very quite simple and has a big impact. Um, so why don't you have your returning staff members, a handful of them, put somebody in charge so you can give them explicit instructions and have those returning staff members walk around camp and plant flags in areas of camp where um, they learned life skills and write down what life skills they have learned. So uh, at archery, it could have been perseverance. Um, at uh, rock climbing, it, it could have been trust. Um, and, and have them try to describe it, put on one side of the flag one word and maybe on the other side to tell a story and have that uh, walk around camp. And then uh, so when new staff members and younger staff members are walking around camp, they see all of these life skills uh, opportunities that 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 camp impacted those people. And then perhaps by the end of staff training, have uh, the newer staff members and the younger staff members write flags on what they hope uh, they're going to be teaching life skill wise to to the campers that are to come. Uh, so this is this can be also photo opportunities. This is something that you could also. Uh, start on Instagram or Facebook with your alumni so that they can share things if you post pictures and and they they can comment on what they learned from these different areas of camp. Um, but if you have some staff members that you'd like to get out of your hair and do something a little productive, <laughs> having them talk about why camp is important to them is almost a it's a it's a it's a almost a home run and they do it quite well in my in my experience. Brilliant. That's so brilliant. I love it. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. So amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, friends, we hope you will stay tuned for our next episode, which will be coming in the new year, new decade, see you in 2020, all that. Uh, but from all of us here at Camp Code, we want to wish you a very happy holiday season and new year. And thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus. 